This is officially the beginning of the Christmas season here at Harvest Church. So look at your neighbor and say, ho, ho, ho. <clears throat> and our theme starting today and the rest of the year is simply, oh, what fun. Oh, what fun. So, because that's us. We're the fun church. Join the fun, join the family. And we want to talk about the joy of going and growing and giving and the joy of Christmas and um, uh, joy to the world, right? And Jesus is the reason for the season, but because he came, we can have joy. We can uh, have a life that works and have a life that's fun. How many think life should be fun? Right? Yeah, yeah thank you for those amens. I, I couldn't agree more. Life should be fun. If you're doing stuff, it should be fun. Uh, I went yesterday uh, to pick up my old pickup truck, and uh, it looks awesome, by the way. It's out front if you want to go look at it. I mean, it's awesome. It looks awesome to me. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, they say. So Black Beauty is out there in the parking lot. Uh, her official name is Stella Louise, uh, Stella Lucille, rather. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> pardon me. But uh, anyway, it's a 1972 Ford pickup truck. Uh, it needs mufflers, but, but it kind of sounds good. Like without, Anyway, but I went to pick up the truck, and uh, my wife drove with me, rode with me because she's going to drop me off. And she said something about her trip that she just took to California with our youngest son. Uh, and he's looking at a Bible school out there, and uh, they had a great time. You know, it's California, right? I mean, who doesn't like California? Nana, don't raise your hand. <laughs> and I think she doesn't like it because her grandson may be moving out there to go to school for a little while. But, but nonetheless, um, she was like, it was so relaxing, and Garrison went surfing, and she was on the beach, and she's like, oh, I just long for the days of, uh, where I don't have to work. And I said, well, you know, uh, work is not part of the curse or not part of the fall of man. God gave Adam and Eve a job before they sinned and got kicked out of the garden. So work should be fun, enjoyable, fruitful, creative, and productive. And she said, really? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I've never heard that, that work's not part of the fall, work's not part of the curse. I've never heard that. She goes, you should preach that. So I'm preaching it right now. So work should be fun. When if your work's not fun, there's one of two reasons. Either you got the wrong job, you're doing the wrong work, or uh, you got the wrong mindset. And if you got both, then you're probably really miserable. So you can fix your mindset at least, and uh, it can start being funner. So anyway, work, work is part of what we're called and created to do. Uh, and it can be, and it should be, cre- bring value, create wealth, be productive, have fun. So one of my core values in life is fun. Uh, I am a fun guy. <laughs> Not to be confused with a mushroom. But anyway, um, I like having fun, whether it's whatever it is. And my wife, she's like, she gets on to me. Everything is not supposed to be fun. I'm like, it's not? <laughs> but don't tell me that. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not listening. So whether I'm preaching, studying, mowing grass, what, I just like to have a good time. <clears throat> and I, I don't typically do stuff that's not fun. And if something's not fun, I make it fun. And you can do the same thing. Anyway, here, I set all that to set you up for what the message is today. The message today, I got three points. Uh, Maybe a poem. We'll see. But three points. And they all start with the letter G. And it's go, grow, and give. Grow, go, and give. Because I believe that those three words really summarize what Christmas is all about. 
Go grow and give. So today is really a shout-out Sunday to everybody who's a volunteer at Harvest Church. Uh, volunteers have a special place in our heart, a special place in God's heart. And that's why I just wanted to start off by thanking everybody who came to the workday yesterday. Thank everybody who helped decorate for Christmas. And thank everybody that serves here at Harvest Church, whether it's changing diapers, making lattes, and or passing the plate. If you're an, if you're an usher, <clears throat> or where's my two boys? I have two boys and um, one wife, two boys. And uh, they, uh, they, used to, they grew up in this church. And the first five years of their life, we were overseas, but they grew up in this church. And so they thought until they were like 10 or 11 that they were called hushers. I remember the day when they were like, wait, 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 it's an usher? What does that mean? I thought they were, because they were always getting hushed. <clears throat> so they thought they were hushers. So. so whether you ush, hush, make lattes, pass a plate, serve our children, our youth, thank you. Can we, the media team, worship team, can we just say thank you to all of our volunteers today? We appreciate you so much. In fact... You make this church happen every week. We are a volunteer organization, and we are a church of volunteers. So thank you for all that you do, whether it's uh, you know swinging hammers like you did yesterday, or um, mowing grass, or you know fill in the blank, greeting people when they come in with your smiling face. Thank you. We appreciate all that you do. In fact, I have a verse for you. It's a verse for anybody that volunteers. And it's in Psalm chapter 110, verse 3. It's like our theme verse for the volunteers of our church. And this is what it says, Psalm 110, verse 3. Oh, hey, everybody on Facebook Live. I forgot to greet you the first service, too. But so I didn't forget about you. We know you're out there. And so we just want to say hi and thanks for worshiping with us today. And turn with us to Psalm 110 and verse 3. And this is what it says. It says, God, your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. Now, well, aside... If you're wondering, well, why isn't God's power working in my life? Maybe it's because you're not volunteering. There is a connection, a volunteer power connection. When you volunteer, God's power flows to you and through you. You're welcome. So your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. Or in other words, why hasn't God poured his spirit out? And why hasn't God's power started moving yet? Well, God's waiting on the people to show up to say, okay, I'm ready to facilitate that power and let it flow. Because God works through people. So if uh, you're not volunteering, making yourself available, then he's got nobody to work through. It's like Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 6, here I am, send me. God's like, who will go? Who, who shall we send? And, and he's looking for volunteers. Did you know Jesus was a volunteer? Your people will be volunteers. Everybody say, that's me. Because you're his people, aren't you? Aren't we? Yes. Your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauty of holiness. So volunteering makes you prettier. And it makes you holier. In the beauty of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. So volunteering makes you younger. It does, man. It does. It just does. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you how old my mom is, but she still works circles around most people. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, for a lady in her fifties, she gets a lot done. So, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing, right? So the first word we're going to talk about is go, go, going, I mean, going takes effort, doesn't it? If you're going to go somewhere, I mean, you got to plan, you got to pack, 
It's the holiday season, so there's lots of going during the holidays. You're going to see relatives. You know, you got to pack the car, get, get, the, get the minivan loaded up with the kids and the dog, and you go to hang out with that crazy relative. And you know, how many know which one I'm talking about? If you don't, it's because it's you. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, um, that's okay. Uh, no perfect people allowed. So, I mean, going takes effort. It, it's work. I mean, even if you're going somewhere nice, you have to leave the comfort of where you are to go somewhere else. Let me give you the Webster's definition of the word go. It means to leave a place, right? If you don't like where you are, guess what? You need to go somewhere else. Even if it's a stage in life, if you're stuck in a stage, you can go to the next level. You can, you can, you can leave where you are. But that takes faith. Because how many know we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. So that faith, you got to put your confidence and trust in God to get out of where you are to go to where you want to be. In fact, go also means to be in motion. What's that old saying? A body in motion stays in motion? It's like a physics thing. What's well, true for us, I've seen um, uh, my wife's best friend is a physical therapist and she makes house calls and she says the people that she visits that are in their 80s and 90s that there's I mean to be that old you have to and, and, and still be alive and still keep they're still moving a lot of these people they have their little routines and they go for walks and 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 then she goes I'll go visit other people that are in their early mid 60s that are like bedridden dilapidated broke down bed fast in a wheelchair and I'm like what's the difference and she says two things the old people just keep moving they just keep just don't stop they just keep moving and they have a better uh, mental attitude they're grateful or they're thankful the other people they've either they stop they sat down and they complain so if you complain you remain but if you want to go you got if you want to grow if you're taking notes write this down if you're not taking notes, write this down. Thankfulness is the seed for joy. Amen. So you are a walking warehouse of seed. You might think, no, I'm broke. No, no, no. You have more than money is a seed. In fact, money can be a seed, but there's a lot of things that are a seed in our life. Thankfulness is the seed you sow for joy. And guess what the joy of the Lord is? It's your strength. So if you complain, you remain. But if you sow thankfulness, gratefulness, then you get to keep going. It's the fuel that our life runs on. That's why um, people I often comment about our church. They say, man, your church is just so happy. It's just so, you know, everybody's so friendly and like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's intentional. I mean, we've made a decision. I mean, how many life happens, but you can be, if, you, if you're thankful, if you focus on what you don't have, you're going to get more of it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get more of, of nothing. <laughs> you can get more of lack. But when you focus on what you do have, you get more of it. Amen. So just choose your focus. Focus is the seed for productivity. So if you focus on what you do have, you're going to get more of that. If you're thankful for that, you're going to get more of that. And so it's, it's all about a decision. Now, th this isn't in my notes. I'm actually, 
I'm super excited about this idea because I'm actually writing a book on it. I don't know what's going to come out, so, you know, next year, next five years, I don't know. But I'm, but I'm really excited. About it. I'm going to preach about this in 2020 in the month of February, I think. So, uh, but the, here's, the, here's the thought. And the thought is, is that you can go through life however you want to. In other words, you can have whatever life you decide to have. You can go through, you can go through life coach class or business class. You, you can decide. You can go like premium comfort. You know, that's like a thing now. It's like in between you know, coach and business class. How many of you fly sometimes and you've seen that? You can go through life however you want to. It's a choice. Life is about choices. All right. So well, how does that tie into what we're talking about today? If you're going to go, if you're going to leave where you are, you got to make a decision. Here's somebody in the Bible that did it in Matthew chapter 14. We actually talked about this a little bit last week. Matthew 14, verse 23. It's the story um, of Jesus and Peter walking on the water. Remember that? And here comes Jesus strutting out across the waves because there's a big storm going on. And they all get afraid. And Jesus said, hey, don't worry. It's me. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. And so Jesus said, come. So what did Peter do? He got out of the boat. Everybody say, get out of the boat. He got out of the boat, and for a minute, he walked on the water. And I know he got distracted and looked at the wind and the waves, and he started to sink because fear came in. But for a minute, the boy walked on the water. That's amazing. Now, how many know if your boat is sinking, you might as well get out of it anyway? I mean, you can either go down with the boat, or you can get out and walk on the water. Those are your choices. You've got to leave. You've got to go. But going takes faith. Everybody say faith. Now, I love this story because it illustrates, that again, that life is about choices. And, and, if life, and I tell my boys this their whole life, ever since they could, before they could speak English. <laughs> life is about choices. You win or you lose by the way that you choose. Life is about choices. In fact, the Bible says, I set, God said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He like, hint, hint. Life and death. Like you can see God in the spirit. He's like, uh. okay, life is about choices. You can choose poverty and lack, or you can choose abundance. I can? Yeah. You need to read my book when it comes out. Because <laughs> I'm going to talk about how that poverty is a mental illness. Jesus came. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Gosh, I'm so excited about this. I'm straying from my notes, but this is good anyway. You're going you're gonna to bless you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Luke 4.18. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Notice he didn't say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to feed the poor, to clothe the poor, to start a soup kitchen, a homeless shelter. He didn't say any of that. He said, God's spirit came on me to help the poor. And what's the best way to help the poor? Is you tell them the good news. How does that help the poor? Because it transforms, if they believe the good news, it changes them from the inside out. And prosperity, abundant life is what we're talking about, is an inside job. Because when you begin to be changed from the inside out... You begin to renew your mind, and when you think different, you begin to live different. You begin to choose different. You begin to have different. Say, well, that's not my testimony. Man, just life just happened to me. Listen, fate 
is when life happens and you let it. Fate is what happens when you take your hand off the wheel and the, you know, it's like Gilligan's Island. You end up shipwrecked and you don't know how you got there and, you know, it just started off as a three-hour tour and now, you know, you're stuck for seven seasons. <laughs> right? Now, when you take your hand off the wheel, that's fate. This, the wind just drives you and wherever it wants you to go. But destiny is when the wind's blowing, but you're like, mm, we ain't going out, but we're going this way. Because the Holy Ghost said, the Word of God says, Jesus said, this is the way. I don't care which way you're blowing, we're going to go this way. I don't care if we got to paddle, if we got to get out and swim. By God, we're going where God said go. That's destiny. That's when you take life by the horns and you, by faith, you obey God. I mean, just because God said something doesn't mean it's going to happen for you. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy, by the word of God or the prophecies that were spoken, you take those prophecies and you wage a good warfare. In other words, fight for the promises that God has given you. Because que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, doesn't work. I mean, you can live that way. Or you can live Yahweh, God's way. God gives you a promise, and you go, yeah, I'm gonna, I want that. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I, long for, I pray that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be in health, and my soul is going to prosper. My finances are going to prosper. My kids are going to love me, um, et cetera. I say, well, gosh, how can you make all that happen? You can have any life you decide to have. I can't wait to finish that book, so <clears throat> let me get back to this. The only instruction that really Jesus gave us at the end of the Gospels was that word, go. I can just see, you remember, he's got everybody gathered around, 500 people, the cloud forms under his feet, and he, gets start, he starts being ascended up into heaven, and I can just, in my, my, my godly imagination, I see Jesus like, oh, wait, 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 before I leave, he's like seven feet off the ground, and he goes, go. My last instruction, you save the best for last, right? The most important thing when you're leaving the house, you're like, kids, don't forget to walk the dog or turn the stove off or, right? And so Jesus is like, hey, 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 before, I got one more instruction. <clears throat> Mark, write this down. Go into all the world, preach the good news. Tell the good news to everybody. That was his instruction. Go. And do you know, I saw a statistic yesterday that like 1.5% of the body of Christ ever invites anybody to church. But yet 85% of non-Christians would say, yeah, if somebody invited me, I'd go. We, we got to get our number up. I know our church is a little above average with that. But man, let's be invite happy. Because most people, like 8 out of 10 people would come if you invited them. But according to statistics, like only one out of a hundred of you are going to invite anybody. So let's go. That's what it means. Go. Invite. Bring. Good news. We got good news. But we got to go. Get, we got to leave where we are. We got to get out of this comfortable place if we're going to share that good news with anybody. And guess what? Jesus left where he was. And he came to the earth and became one of us. Remember that old song we used to sing? You came from heaven to earth to show the way. Remember uh, the, one of the signs? Remember, from the 
earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, we lift your name on high. Whatever, I don't remember all the signs, but, <laughs> but that's, that's the gospel. <laughs> they do that in children's church, you know. Uh, and so, but Jesus left heaven. He was really comfortable there, I'm sure. He came here. That's go. But aren't you glad he did? Yeah. And there's going to be people that are glad that you did too. Uh, God had one son and he made him a missionary. He left his home and he went to an uncomfortable place. And so we're not asking you to go to you know, Botswana or anything, but, but go invite your neighbor to church. I know it's uncomfortable. Or, or go invite your co-worker, somebody at school. I mean... Pick the meanest one. And you, you, you should come to church with me. Just invite them. Go. Life's about choices. And the Bible is a book of instructions, isn't it? All kind of instructions. It's an instruction book. What instruction have you not obeyed? Some of you wonder, well, why didn't my life work? What instruction have you not obeyed? And the big one in the New Testament is go. That's a big deal. Listen, we don't just do church to entertain you, but to equip you to be a goer. To be a goer. And again, we're not just talking about people going to India with me one day. I mean, that would be great. I'd love for 10% of our congregation to go on a mission trip somewhere, whether it's India or Indiana. I mean, whatever. Just go. Go somewhere. But you don't have to leave the city. I mean, for Jesus' sake, we're going to Bible Battery next week. Come go with us. Just go. Let's go and tell. Because we've got the good news. And it's the good news that takes people out of darkness and light, out of poverty, into abundant life, out of depression, into joy. And it's, I mean, no wonder Jesus said, go. How dare us not obey that instruction? And again, in the day of my power, my people will be volunteers. This is part of our job description. And remember, work can be fun. Work can be fun. And when you share Jesus with somebody, you never know what's going to happen other than, you know, the power of God's going to move, but you don't know how people are going to react, respond. And it's always exciting. It's an adventure. I like that kind of stuff. I've had people, I've done everything from, I've been slapped. I've, I've had people fall down on their knees. I've had people, you know, uh, do the sign and say, Father, forgive me. I mean, I've had all kinds of stuff happen to me when I've shared the gospel with people, and it's just fun. It's just fun. I've had, I'm not saying this is going to happen to you. It's probably not good advertising, but I've had, I've had people put guns in my face, knives in my throat, and, um, but I've also seen devils come out of people, and people get radically saved, and um, I got to share the gospel with this gypsy girl one time who had a crystal ball and wanted to tell me my future. I said, nope, I already know my future. She said, do you have the gift? I said, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> I said, how about I tell you something? She's like, okay. And she like gave me her hand like to read her palm. I'm like, I don't need, to do, I, I don't need that. I already, I already know. And I began to share with her about her. She, she had a, a baby, and, and the, her, the father took the baby, and her, her in-laws were Catholic and didn't want the baby to be raised as a gypsy. And she just starts weeping on the streets. Like, how do you know all this? I'm like, Jesus knows all this. And he told me because he loves you. And he sent me here to tell you the good news. Anyway, this gypsy fortune teller girl gets born again and gives her life to Jesus, right? They're just sobbing. I mean, that's fun stuff. That's fun stuff. Anyway, go. 
Go, 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 go. What stretching opportunity have you postponed? Because if you want a bigger life, it's going to require stretching. I did a whole series on this a few months ago, and that's why I did it, because God, stretch marks, God wants to stretch you, right? I want a bigger life. Get ready to stretch then. Get ready to stretch. All right. You're a star. You're a star. In the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, Yo, you want to be great? And his disciples were like, yeah. He's like, be the servant of all. They're probably like, oh, man. I thought we were going to get swords. <laughs> Jesus like, no, you want to be great? Be a servant. All right, so that's why we're shouting out to our volunteers today, because you guys are stars in the kingdom of God. That's how it works. You know that, I mean, I'm talking about our outreaches or anything else, but just on Sunday mornings here at Harvest Church this year, we've had over 400 people give their heart to Jesus. You have a part of that. As a volunteer, you make that happen. So thank you. Go. Number two, grow. Grow means to expand or to increase gradually in size. Some of you are like, I've been doing that for years. Well, this is a different kind of grow I'm talking about, all right? Um, it means to increase gradually in size or amount, to become greater or larger, to expand. How many of God wants us to grow personally? He wants us to grow spiritually too. He wants our church to grow. You know why? Because there's people that don't know Jesus yet. And as long as there's lost people in our city, he wants our church to grow. God doesn't give cities to churches. He gives churches to cities. And I believe he wants our church to be a gift to our city. A present, if you will. You give presents to people you love. God loves Mobile. So he gave Mobile Harvest Church. And if you're a volunteer, you're a huge part. You are Harvest Church. Being, being a member of our church just means you're involved. You're in a small group. You serve. Uh, you come and you worship. You're bringing people. You give. I mean, that just, you're, that's, that's being a member. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4.29 that each part causes growth of the body. How do you know if you're a part of the body? How do you know if you're a member of the body? Because you're causing growth. Not that you are a growth, but you're causing growth. All right, Some people are that, but that's not good. We don't want that. We want you to cause growth, increase, right? Get anything out of this yet? So um, have you ever noticed that when you try new things that you either grow or you groan? About probably a year and a half, two years ago now, I read this book, a secular book, and it's called Younger Next Year. That sounds good, doesn't it? Younger next year. And it's about this, um, this guy that he was 65 years, 65 year old retiree, and he moved to Key West because he wanted to play golf all the time, which is fine. He's a former Navy officer, and he weighed about 210 pounds. He smoked a pack a day, and he drank a bottle of red wine every day. And he noticed when he got around 65, a lot of his buddies started dying. And so he thought, how could I postpone that for a while? Because I don't want to die. So he quit smoking. He quit drinking uh, the bottle of red wine every day. And he started swimming and going to the gym four or five times a week. And he played golf a lot. And then he started, he picked up taekwondo. And so over about two years, he went from 210 he, all the way down to his college weight of 155. And when he was 81, he got his first degree black belt in taekwondo. When he was 86... He got a second degree, and when he was 90, almost 92, he passed away, and he still weighed 155 pounds. 
Well, what was the difference in him dying around 65 or 70 like a lot of his buddies as opposed to living to almost 92? Choices. He decided to grow. You can grow younger next year, but you have to make some choices. I mean, the Bible promises us 120 years, but to activate that, you might have to make some choices to do some things differently. Does that make sense? So, um, and that's what this guy did. And, and again, a body in motion stays in motion. So you just got to keep moving. You can't sit still. You got to make different choices if you're going to grow. Everybody say grow. So growing is not just you growing personally, but it's you bringing or adding growth and bringing value, if you will, because you are valuable, but you got to bring that value and iron sharpens iron. We're going we're gonna to cause each other to grow. Does that make sense? All right, so uh, my wife, a couple of years back, um, two-ish, maybe three years ago now, um, she would know, but uh, she was on the phone with one of her, her buddies who's also a pastor's wife up in Pittsburgh, and uh, her husband's a, a friend of mine that I went to Bible college with. They have a great church up there, and, and, uh, and my wife was like, yeah, we're kind of having some, you know, kind of hit a plateau in our church, and, and um, my this is, Adrian had just finished writing her first book, Happy Anyway. And uh, my friend said, well, well what, what do you do there on staff? And she goes, oh, I'm not on staff. I, I'm, uh, I just finished my first book, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the beach and write more books. And my, my friend's wife said, it sounds like you might need to go buy you a pair of new stilettos and get in that office and kick butt and take names and become the executive pastor. Well, long story short, she did. And she is a boss lady. I don't know if you know my wife, but she's the happy lady, but she's a boss lady. And she has done an amazing job. And she came into the office and brought order, and some people didn't like it, and they left. And other people, you know, they straightened up, and they flew right. And, and, and we kind of got past that, that plateau. And, and now, about a week or so ago, we hired somebody to start doing that job for her, and we're super excited about that. And so now she can write books and so not go to the beach, not, not yet. I mean, occasionally, yeah, but, but I still need your help around here. But nonetheless, it, what did that do? That, that pushed her out of her comfort zone and forced her to stretch and grow and do something that she wasn't sure that she was capable of doing. And now to this, if you ask her today, she'll go, oh, wow, I now know that I can do a whole lot more stuff than I thought I, I used to thought I could do. Because she, she just had this, these limits on. But how many know when you stretch, once you stretch, you don't go back to the same size. And God's trying to stretch you. And maybe your next step of stretching and growing is to volunteer. Join a serve team. Get in a small group. Now, I, I jokingly say, but it's really true. People think they're spiritual until they get in a small group. It's really to be spiritual when you're by yourself. But when you get around people, that's when we see how spiritual you really are, right? Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19 says this. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. My wife, she was like, I don't, I don't want to get in the office. I don't want to be the executive pastor. But it was an, God was inviting her to grow, and she took the invitation. She was willing and obedient. Now, let me read that same verse to you from the Living Bible. It says this. God's talking. He says, if you would just let me help you, I would make you rich. That's a good promise. Now, rich isn't just money. I think it includes that. But how many know? I know some people with a lot of money and their kids hate them. That's not rich. Prosperity without purpose is poverty. 
So God said, I'll make you rich if you let me help you. Well, how's he going to help you? When you do the thing he's leading you to do, whether it's in Scripture or on the inside, right? All right, I said this in the first service, and it wasn't in my notes, but I, I kind of came up again. I remember I was in 11th grade, four, five, six years ago. And uh, I remember that this is how the Holy Spirit taught me to be led by the Spirit. I was going into my senior year. I was coming out of my junior year, going into my senior year high school, and I had a little check in my spirit about playing soccer. I, I've played soccer since I was you know, 13, 14 years old or whatever, loved it. And our high school team had won the state championship four or five years in a row. I, and as a junior, I was a starter. And so, you know, your senior year, I mean, that's what you live for, right? Your senior year, you're going to be the top dog. And I knew I was going to be a star. We're probably going to win state championship again. And I was like, why wouldn't I play? But there's something on the inside. I was like, don't play. And I was like, ooh. So I, one night, I wrestled all night. I would say, okay, I'm not going to play. And I would drift off to sleep. And I'd wake up and go, of course I'm going to play. It's my senior year. And I would just be turmoil and no peace. And I couldn't go to sleep. I lost a whole night of sleep just wrestling with God back and forth. So finally I'm like, all right, God, I don't understand. But if you don't want me to play soccer, which I think is weird, by the way. But if you don't want me to play soccer for my senior year, I won't play soccer. Gosh, and and I didn't. (laughs) I was willing and obedient. About a month later, I was asked to be the associate youth pastor at my church. And I spent my senior year learning how to preach and lead worship. And I went on from there to Bible school. Now, even though I sat out my senior year, I still got scholarships to play soccer. Had I played my senior year, I would have gotten all kinds of scholarship offers to play soccer. And I would have had all these coaches talking to me. And I could have easily gone a different way and had my life on a different trajectory. And I might not be standing here talking to you today. I might be some... Almost 50-year-old dude with his knees blown out, telling war stories about, yeah, when I played soccer in college, and, you know, my third wife, and who knows? Really? Seriously. Thank God for the leading of the Holy Spirit, because everything I did my senior year set me up for everything I'm doing right now. God knew that. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you just let me help you, I'd make you rich. It's a good deal. It's a really good deal. So, now sometimes you're standing at the crossroads, and then, well, should I do this or should I do that? And, I, and I've, I've waited for that leading of the Spirit. I'm like, what do you want me to do, Lord? And I've had the Lord say, I don't care. What do you want to do? Ah, uh, do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. If you go this way, go that way. It doesn't matter to me. It, it, just do what you want to do. And then I just had to decide what I wanted. And you got to know the difference. But when you got to check in your spirit, or you, you got to going to learn how to be led by the Spirit. That's one way that God leads us to go and one way he helps us to grow. So is the Holy Spirit leading you to grow into a leader? Is he leading you to join a small group? Or maybe he's leading you to lead a small group. Or if not lead one, just host it. You don't have to lead it to host it. You can host it at a coffee shop or at your home because some of you have the gift of hospitality and organization. And those of us that have the gift of gab and we're the life of the party, hey, how you doing? We need your help, those of you that can organize stuff because we can't really organize stuff that well, right? All right, my own personal testimony. But, but whatever God's leading you to do, play your part because every part causes growth of the body. Is this church supposed to be growing? Who's supposed to be growing this church? Good job. You passed the pop quiz. (laughs) Pastor, I thought that was your job. My job is to equip you to reach people, to grow the church. Why do we want to grow the church? Because we don't want people to go to hell. Am I talking too fast for you? I'm trying to get it all out today. 
So grow into a leader on your volunteer team. Grow into a manager at your job. Grow into the spiritual leader of your family. Maybe God's asking you to do more than just volunteer in an area this year. Maybe he's asking you to lead an area this year. Small groups start up again in February. Lead a small group. If, you haven't, if, you, if, you, if your next step isn't to lead one, then join one. Do, join a serve team. Because it's not just serving and doing stuff. It's the people that you serve with. You get to know them. And they become your small group. They become your friends. They become your family. And when you go through stuff, when life happens, you got somebody who's got your back. And that's why we do it the way we do it, because this is the kingdom of God is a kingdom or a network of relationships. Let me say it this way. Your life is a collection of relationships. The kingdom of God is a, con- a collection of relationships. In fact, you can't even get into the kingdom of God without a relationship with the king. And then once you get in, what's it about? Relationships. Well, I just don't do relationships very well. Well, God's inviting you to go, get out of your comfort zone, and grow in that area this year. Be willing and obedient, and you will grow. Number three, give. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Luke 5, 4. When he had stopped speaking, Jesus that is, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I mean, if you don't go, then you can't grow. Simon Peter didn't want to launch out into the deep because that was not comfortable. But he did it by faith. He said, oh, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. How many of you got to take God at his word, even when it's not comfortable? So if you don't go, you can't grow. God wants us to reach our full potential. And this is going to be in this uh, number one best-selling book I'm writing. But your potential is a hostage of your beliefs. Change your beliefs, you'll release your potential. Get the book. I don't even know what I'm calling it yet. God wants us to reach our full potential. Do you believe that? And until you do, you can't give the world the gift you're supposed to give it. Say, I knew it. Preacher, you're going to talk about money. All right, This this is not about money. Here's what I want you to know. You are the gift I'm talking about. You are the gift that God wants you to give the world. There's something in this world that can't happen unless you do it. In fact, God put you here on this planet for a purpose. Better news. And he made you specifically to fulfill that purpose. He gave you the temperament. He made you the color you are. He made you the height that you are. Hallelujah. I mean, everything about you was intentional and on purpose so that you could fulfill the purpose for which he put you here. So your gifts, your talents, your temperament, your personality, everything about you, your ethnicity, everything about you is a clue to what God put you here to do. And you are a gift. You ever heard somebody say, I'm God's gift to women? I don't know about that, but you are God's gift to somebody. (laughs) And you really are. God put you here as a gift. And until you go and grow 
and start giving that gift. You're never going to be satisfied because you're going to just keep missing the mark and not running in your lane and finishing your course with joy. And that's, as your pastor, what I want to see in your life. So Acts 20, verse 35. This is famous. Jesus said it, Acts 20 and verse 35. We all know it's more blessed to give than receive. Okay, now, when you're operating in your strength and using the gifts that God gave you, you're blessed. That is the blessed life. But when you don't know your purpose or why you're here, you're frustrated. It goes back to the work should be fun. It should be productive. Now, uh, the Living Bible says it this way. It's happier to give than receive. You want to you be happy? Give. W- whether it's giving money, giving your time, your talent, be a giver. Giving is the seed to receive, receive everything that you've ever been promised. How many have been promised some stuff you hadn't got yet? You have what you need to get what you've been promised. But you have to identify the seed you're supposed to sow. Is it the seed of thankfulness to produce joy? Is it the seed of battle to, to take territory? It, what seed are you supposed to sow to receive what you've been promised? Is it the seed of focus which the harvest of that is productivity. You, you know, I've already told you, you, you get what you focus on, right? So what seed is the Lord asking you to sow so that you can grow what you're supposed to grow? So that you can give what you're supposed to give. It's not a vicious cycle. It's a victorious cycle. We don't go to work to make a living. We go to work to make a given. So, the greatest giving verse of all is John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his best. He gave Jesus. Aren't you glad he did? And that's what Christmas is all about. So, give someone the amazing gift of Harvest Church this holiday season. In February, I'm sorry, in February, I'm way in the future. In December, we're doing our two-week At the Movies series. It's an easy, easy thing to invite somebody to. Hey, you want to go see a Christmas movie with me? Yeah, sure. Where? Oh, don't worry. I'll just pick you up. <laughs> One way you can give is by following Harvest Church's social media handles and liking the stuff and reposting it because we're just inviting people to come and hear the good news, right? So you could give that gift this year. So go, grow. And give. The three words that I believe sum up the meaning of Christmas. Going, growing, and giving. It is what Jesus did. Jesus was a volunteer. He willingly gave his best for free. That's what volunteers do. Jesus willingly gave his best for free. I didn't say it was cheap, but it was free. He didn't charge us. Salvation isn't cheap, but it is free. He paid the price. So there's nothing grander than being a volunteer. So today, here's my twofold invitation to you. Number one is if your next step is to volunteer, to begin to serve, because it takes a minimum of 100 volunteers every Sunday to make this happen for about 475 people, which is our average attendance. I have noticed that when we have 120 volunteers, we have about 500, 525 people show up to church that weekend. So whenever it's Easter and we have about 150, 175 volunteers, we usually have about eight or 900 people here. So we do need more volunteers, but you need to volunteer. 
because it's better to give than receive. So I'm gonna, you'll notice there's a, a connection card in your chair, probably a lot of stuff in your chair, pins, envelopes, all kinds of stuff. So grab that connection card. Everybody grab your connection card and get connected. That's why we exist as a church, to help people experience Jesus, get connected, discover their destiny, and then change the world. But you can't change the world until you first experience Jesus and get connected. So if you're not connected, I'm inviting you to get connected, even if you just, I mean, come every week, but serve at least once every other week or once a month. Just start, because it's a seed. It's an investment. And there's a harvest that you're missing, no pun intended, but there's a harvest you're missing out on. By not serving, by sowing the gift that you are, your time and your talent. So if your next step is to serve, would you just write on that connection card, you know, sign me up or hashtag volunteer and put your name and number on there. And you can do one of two things with that card. If you want to protect your anonymity and you don't want to look anybody in the eye, just place that as your offering in the offering basket when it goes by today. Or you can take that same card, fill it out to Hebrews Cafe. And in exchange for signing up to serve, we're going to give you the drink of your choice that we serve on our menu. <laughs> so we'll sow that into you for you, sow, you sowing and reaping, right? You can reap an immediate harvest. And so, um, but, if, but if you don't care for frappuccinos or lattes, then um, just put it in the offering basket, whatever floats your boat. And we are looking for a few good men and women to serve. Say, really, do we need more volunteers? We do, because many hands make light work. Our men demonstrated that yesterday. We had a great turnout at the men's work day. It was awesome, and lots and lots of uh, stuff got done yesterday. In three hours, nine to noon, we were out. It was awesome. So thank you again to everybody who came yesterday and to everybody who helped decorate for Christmas. We are, are the lifeblood of our church is volunteers. And so thank you. Would you be one? Would you help us give the gift of the good news to our city? Would you go with us next week to buy a battery? Would you grow by serving uh, and would you, by connecting to a small group? And would you give by giving of your time and your talent? Because that's what Christmas is about. And it is better to give than receive. Have you ever seen your kids open a gift that you gave them? You probably had more fun than they did. Or your grandkids. It's awesome. If you remember Hurricane Katrina, it was better to be giving during that time than receiving. Because if you were receiving, you had lost everything. So it's better to give. It's happier to give than receive. So in the day of my power, my people will be what? Volunteers. So yeah, it's a part of who we are in the kingdom. It's a part of Christianity is serving and giving of our time and of our talent. That's just who we are. So take your uh, connection card. I'm just going to give you a minute to fill that out. And as our uh, ushers are getting in place, we're going to worship God with our giving. But before we do that, uh, we never, ever like to close a service without offering the greatest invitation, and that is for people to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Because there's nothing that, that he wants you to give more than he wants you to give yourself to him because he gave himself for you. So just for a moment, I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation. And if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, uh, just let me know that you want me to include you in that prayer. Would we just take a second, bow your heads before we go, close your eyes. If you say, Pastor, please include me in the prayer of salvation. I want to make sure that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Maybe you prayed it, but your life never changed and you're ready or you're away from God. You need to get right with God. 
whatever, wherever you fall in that description, would you just let me know who you are by slipping your hand up real quick? Awesome. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five. God bless you. Several hands. Those of you online, pray with us right now. There's about a half dozen folks that raised their hand. Let's all say it together, Harvest Church, with those who raised their hand. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to grow. And I'm ready to give. Because you gave your life for me. You died in my place. But on the third day, God raised you from the dead. So I say, Jesus, you are my Lord. From this day forward, I am yours. You are mine. Fill me with your spirit. And give me power to live this new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So whenever somebody repents their sin in heaven, they have a party. So can we just celebrate for a second? Those of you who raised your hand, pray that prayer. Welcome home.